Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and uh, with me as always to talk about how she doesn't have tonsils the size of golf balls is my dear friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? (laughs) I'm much better than you are. Um, we've been a bit delayed for the last couple of weeks because poor Dan has been sick. But we have been, I have been putting up video posts and stuff like that on our blog, but it hasn't been the same. So welcome back, yeah, Dan. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, keen listeners will remember I actually had a bout of tonsillitis at the start of the year. And unfortunately, I've had a second run with it. Um, you know, it, it was a little frightening because I went to the doctor at the start of the year and he took a look at my tonsils and was like, fuck. <laughs> I went Australian. to the I went to the doctor this time and he went Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can I say, Dan? When you do something, you want to do it properly, don't you? you know? Well, I'm not, I'm, not to, having... I'm not here to fuck spiders. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new, that's a new it's a new Australian phrase I taught Sarah earlier today. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So unfortunately. Um, that held us up on the recording front a little bit. Thank you to everyone for their well wishes and, uh, and for their patience. Um, but holy moly, that also means, gee, Sarah, there's so much to catch up on. So much. So what we're going to do, dear listener, is we're not going to talk about every race in detail because there have been tons and all over the world and on mountain bikes and, and on road. And at the moment, this, uh, you know, we've got Paracycling World Cup, Mountain Bike World Cup and Road World Cup yeah. this weekend. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about some of the things that, 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 we, that Dan missed. Um, but we're not going to go into too much detail about all of the races. But if you go to our blog, prowomenscycling.com, I found video for pretty much all of them. So, yeah. Um, which is wonderful so yeah we can you you can go and kind of catch up on those but it's been great and it's actually been really interesting having so much on all the time all the time Daniel oh it's it's been amazing I mean we we know uh that in the the broad life cycle of, of professional women's cycling that um as we've mentioned many times before things often uh, follow the the Olympic calendar, I guess you'd call it, where mm. you know there's a, a build up of um, of races and things in the years, the two years leading into the Olympics. Um, that being this year and next year, and we're certainly seeing it this year with with a uh, huge number of World Cups and more races all over the place. And um, yeah, and, you know, it, it's very exciting to see all this this racing going on. You know, one one of the things I hope is that it's actually sustained as the sport seems to be growing yeah you know that's one of the interesting things we talked about it before um earlier on in the year where we had you know like like the races in south africa where i'm really in favor of south african racing developing but when you've got a uci race with only one nationality in it you kind of raise your eyebrows a little Mm -hmm. bit there is a little bit of um manipulation going on from the uci to try and get the olympics having as international a flavor as possible because now all of the um, points are going towards Olympic qualifications. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, there've been a couple of interesting articles over the last couple of weeks with um, with different team managers and stuff talking about um, well, the, the 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 interviews that you were doing with team managers about how, exactly what do you do when you when you when there's a surprise UCI race that you find out about like a week before it actually is on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and like, you know, for example, um, there's there's right now there's a tour of Adigeia in Russia, which is pretty much all Russian Eastern European teams. And it's um, UCI 2.2, which is interesting because you've also got then you've got the Winston-Salem Cycling Classic, which is 1.2 and GP Cham Hagendorn in Switzerland, which is 1.2. And they all have very different they're all very different. Do you know what I mean? They're not, yeah. they're not, you know, the tour of Zushan Island is 2.2 and, and, but equally, you know, it's just, it's just that kind <laughs> not, of, not all 2.2s are created equally. Is that what you're saying? I guess, I guess, I mean, it's the whole, it's the same thing, isn't it? Of, um, of, of how you judge these races and how you judge the teams and stuff. And I'm not criticizing because I love having as lot of races as possible. Well, I am criticizing. Fuck it. I am. Criticizing. <laughs> I just wish there was kind of a little bit more nuance. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it does seem a little bit surprising that you can rock up to some of these small races and get the same um, amount of points as mm, you would do like fighting in, in one of those brutal Dutch races, yeah, you know, with yeah. with a peloton full of superstars who are all wanting to rip your legs off, you know, it, it, it's, yeah. but it's but it is a fun time, and um, it's also interesting because at the moment we've got some races that are completely invisible, 
like um, Adigeya, I know about from looking on CQ ranking and, and the Grand Prix of Makeup, um, one point two day race. You know, yeah. then on the other hand, you've got American races, uh, like which are streamed live. You know, we actually had two American crits on the same day being streamed live, which is wonderful crazy yeah. i mean look yeah. luckily there was a half an hour difference in them so you could watch the end of one and then you could nip in and watch the end of the other one so you know, that was fun but yeah it's yeah well it's, and americans i think are also like like on that front are really proving themselves to be quite out there at the front of um streaming races which is very cool um, well american americans do the homemade streaming best yeah I think. yeah the the actual media is still the actual if you want to watch a race the plate you know a race live the, the best places are still the netherlands and italy for women's cycling i mean oh, america's yeah. great but it's not the same as turning on race sports you know or yeah, or having uh, sure. having having the drenta world cup streamed live yeah. simultaneously on three stations <laughs> you know three, yeah, yeah, on exactly. three tvs you know an energy water you know what i mean like like i i don't want to i do love what america's doing but they're definitely in a you know it, it's it's well, definitely I, I, in a Kind of... I think that's the thing that I find interesting about it is that America is at that that forefront of, um, you know, reinventing the whole idea of what even is streaming a race anymore. You know, and I'm not saying they've they've got the definitive answer worked out yet, but it's just, you know, I think it's that kind of pressure that is actually going to to help um, over time develop new pathways for. Um, showing races live and, and stuff and change our expectations of what race coverage will look like. Yeah. See, I still think the future is in actual mainstream. I mean, I love it. I think my favourite model for the last couple of years is Vagorda, the Open to Sweat Vagorda World Cup, where they started out with an amazing ticker and Swedish radio commentary. And then they found a way to kind of put the, the finish line camera so you could so every every lap you'd kind of have the finish line you know see the finish line live and they added to it over the years so then the next year you'd have the finish line camera and the hill camera and the next year you'd have the finish line camera the hill, 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 hill camera and gps tracking you know little dots going around the map so you could see where they were and then it was on national television you know, and that's yeah, the kind of thing. Yeah, you're, that, living, that, you're living in the step. past, man. You're living in the past. It's it's all it's all on bike and helmet cams with GPS trackers implanted in the neck of the riders. That's <laughs> that's the future. That's where it's at. Anyway, get- it's Friday night. I've got a beer, so that means tonight's podcast is brought to you by Six String Breweries Dark Red IPA. And um and we've got a shit ton of racing to talk about. So Yeah. Oh, I love I love the fact I could hear that open then. So, um while you were sick, um I'm gonna start with a race that, that I put the videos for in a previous post, but I just wanna talk about the USA National Championships as a place to start because okay. let's let's yep. do it. We have the tour of Zushan Island, there's no media around there. Congratulations to Lauren Kitchen who won it. Um, really continuing her fantastic season. She's, you know, mm. she's 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 been injured. She had injury problems for the last couple of years. Hurrah for seeing a really nice, genuinely nice rider kind yeah. of, you know, come out on top. Yeah, so Lauren's, that was in China. Lauren's great, and you know, and it's it's good to see other high tech riders getting a chance too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we're also in the middle of this North American season. Um, we, so we've got, we talked about this before, but basically uh, uh, USA races, uh, North American race, USA races stepping up to become UCI levels and the wonderful Canadian races in Gatineau that mm. have always been UCI. So we had the national championships and oh, it's got those big bear mountains and stuff. And they're not big bear mountain. What's the mountain called? Oh, my God. It, it's not Mount Danger, Mount Lookout Mountain, that's it. It had an Australian name, I thought about you. <laughs> I I'm sorry. What? I've just realised that you literally just said basically that you think Big Bear Mountain <laughs> is Australian. No, Lookout Mountain. <laughs> Lookout Mountain is an Australian type Australia's name. Full of big bears. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got you, darling. <laughs> awesome. All right. Anyway, done. Okay. Which was the, which is the race that goes from Mount Danger to Port Warning to Point Warning to Port Warning? Uh, isn't it? Um, no, isn't it? Oh. No, it's Mount Danger to Mount Warning, isn't it? 
point warning or some poor port warning or something anyway yeah that's a, that's the kind yeah. of australian race i like you know when you're actually your starting finish line sounds scary yeah so um national championships philadelphia uh, chattanooga you know I, well, I won't sing the chattanooga choo-choo this year it should become traditional but i know you don't like it um the itt championships won by Kristen armstrong which is well, let's just have drama. Um, Kristen Armstrong. Yeah, well, that whole thing is really interesting, isn't it? Because, um, you know, she was basically, she came out of retirement to, to gear up for and, and take a run at the Olympics. And then there was a little bit of controversy over whether or not she should even get a spot for the national team, wasn't there? Well, yeah, so Kristen Armstrong um, retired after the 2008 Olympics, came back out, came back in 2012 to kind of um, go for the tw- uh, 2011 to go for the 2012 Olympics. Then she retired again after winning the Olympic ITT Championships. And she kind of came back this year as a surprise. And she, it's, it's interesting because Kristen, Kristen, uh, Kristen Armstrong is, um, has a very close relationship with USA Cycling. Yeah, Mm. Um, I believe her coach is one of the main decision makers in USA Cycling. And so she when she came out of retirement, um, suddenly um, she said, oh, right, I qualify for Pan Ams. And they went, "Okay, yeah, we'll put you in the Pan Am team, the big America, Pan America championships. And obviously this is a bit of a problem because she hasn't been riding. She hasn't got points. She hasn't been racing. What she's got is an amazing track record. But that's different. You know, you're also also 40. yeah, exactly. As they always say in those, um, you know, financial investment ads, past performance is not an indicator of future performance. Yeah. So yeah. she um, she went out uh, and she so when she won the ITT National Champs by 13 seconds ahead of Carmen Small and 18 seconds ahead of Amber Needham, she uh, kind of responded with a, oh, my God, you know, I was really pissed off with USA Cycling. I've had to go through all sorts of politics and stuff. It's a bit not fair. And you think, Oh, 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 Kristen. I mean, yeah, I see her point. From her point, it's not fair. But you also have to see from other riders who've been racing yeah. and and putting in, and, and who also don't necessarily have the luxury of just being able to go after one race. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. she's got this luxury. She's she's very very talented. She's got a lot of history. She's been around for ages, and she has got the luxury to, for example, just go and hit that course over and over and over again. Whereas riders like, you know, Carbon Small and Eddie Stevens and, you know, yeah. uh, Lauren, Lauren Stevens have to be racing other things. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, absolutely. like they're, so anyway, so Kristen Armstrong's got a, now got an automatic place in the world squad alongside Eddie Stevens. And I believe Carbon Small, but it's going to be, all drama all the time as it always is with the usa team because if you're thinking about the olympics if you're thinking about someone like kristen armstrong who's not racing road races but she wants to go to the olympics but mm. you're if, if the team is four riders like it was last time and she's an itt specialist then what does that mean for the usa's chances in the actual road race you know yeah, and who gets yeah. bumped off you know, does Kristen Armstrong get to go if she wins, say, say she does better than Evie and Carmen in the Worlds? Does that mean that a rider like Megan Garnier would have to not, you know, not get a spot in the Olympic squad because Kristen for the ITT, you know, it's very complicated. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot, a lot to work out there. Absolutely. As you say, you know, um, it will be interesting, I think, to see how the the issue plays out over Worlds and, um you know, whether or not we'll, yeah, I, I just, mm, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those ones that like, I just find it super interesting, but I'm, I'm just like, this could be, it could be good, but it could wind up really biting the U S in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, and it's, and it's difficult because, you know, it comes into this thing of, of specialists versus non-specialists. I mean, you know, if Emma Pooley decides to come back, I don't know, and ride national championships in, in three weeks time, and you know, and win and get a world uh, a world spot. What would I think? Well, I mean, I guess it's different because we don't have the same depth of talent in the on the well. We have the depth of talent. We don't have the depth of people who've been who've been We don't have the same development, I guess, yeah, of British yeah. road riders right now. You know, if you're a trackie, there's there's all these pathways for the road riders. We've got some fantastic riders, but we don't have, you know, the same level of experience of, i suppose on the, yeah we don't 
it's not it's not like the olden days. It's not like five years mm. ago where you know had Nicole Cook and Lizzie Armitstead and Sharon Laws and yeah. and Emma Pooley and and you know you sit there, oh my god, wow, you know it, it it's kind of like at the moment we've got Lizzie in the pro peloton, Lucy Garner and uh, and Sharon, and you know and, and then developing riders like Eileen Rowe and Anna Christian and people like that who are wonderful and I'm not dissing them. It's just that you know it's just that our the biggest names on the track are kind of develop are focusing on UK crits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the biggest names in USA road cycling are, you know, winning Strati Bianchi. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and that's what I was going to say, because the thing is that the US is also in that interesting position where they, with with the right number of, of positions, could put together a, a, a genuinely contentious road team. You know, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, can I mean, really got, be in it, so yeah. And it would be hard enough to pick four without Armstrong in the mix because if you yeah. think, okay, right, let's just do it off the top of my head. Let's go. Okay, so we've got Amber, we've got um, Evie Stevens. Yeah, we want her in. We've got Megan Guarnier. Yeah, absolutely, we want Megan Guarnier in there. We've got Shelley Olds for the sprinting. You know, um, well, what about Lauren Stevens? You know, what about riders? What about Carmen Small? What about yeah. riders who? Who are who are kind of USA, you know, USA based? Um, it's it's you know you can kind of get to this really difficult thing, and uh, it, it already like without even going oh yeah, well, well then that's it. have and one like, rider like, who's like, purely for the exactly for the ITT. like this is this is just top of the head without without having to consider then roles and tactics and how it relates to the course and and yeah. on and on. Yeah, Mara and on, Abbott, so. for example, you know, yeah. Mara, we haven't seen much from Mara Abbott this year in, in mm. the in European racing, but you know, if she comes back and wins, wins the Giro, what does that mean? You yeah. know, it's, it's like, I mean, I know, I know the circuit races like worlds and the Olympics aren't her forte, but you know what I mean? Like you go, okay, so that's Evie Stevens, um, Mara Abbott, um, Carmen Small, uh, Megan Guarnier, um, Shelley Olds, uh, you know, Lauren Stevens, you just, Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I've run yeah. Out of fingers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and so it does just, and, and as always happens when it comes to national selection, you know, these are competitive athletes. Everyone wants to make the squad. Everyone wants to be on the team. So, you know, there's a lot at stake for everyone involved. And it's not, you know, I, I stress, it's not that we're saying that it's wrong for Kristen Armstrong to, to be in the mix. Absolutely. I mean, you know, she she won the championship, so she's, she's you know, earned that spot. But it just it just complicates the overall picture a fair bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But you know, what would USA's selection for the Olympics and the Worlds be without complications? It's, well, it's... and and conversely, you know, if if someone other than Kristen had won, you know, don't think for a second that would have stopped a bid. It's not like she would have hung up her cleats and gone, "Oh, well, it was a good idea, but I guess it wasn't to be." <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. So... That woman is that woman has got lots of determination. So then we had the road race, and this was streamed live all the way through, which was fantastic. And it's a fun court. Well, it's a fun course but it's also a slightly frustrating course if you're into european riding because the roads are always like they're, they're just like gigantic great big freeways do you know what i mean like they're huge but it was lots of fun because you have this 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 national championships thing where your best where you kind of end up with riders who you think are the favorites on paper don't have teams around them so bowls rentals had evie stevens and megan Guarnier. um taylor uh, taylor wiles was the only rider from velocio sram right. do you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's like your your um your uh your your kind of euro pros are out there by themselves then you've got your riders like um corin rivera for united healthcare but you know a lot of and but a lot of the united healthcare and optum also have international riders in there yeah. and then and then you've got your teams like um, Visit Dallas, which was so much such a great team, and and twenty you know Tipco or well, Tim Tipco has a lot of international riders too, and twenty sixteen, which are you know purely like kind of purely all American all the time. So yeah, and and in the first bit, it was all about kind of lots of those American teams, those domestic teams, kind of pushing it and getting into breakaways and not working in breakaways and, you know, all 16 riders from 2016 on the front and so on and so on. Yeah. But what but what you know is once, so they kind of do a little bit of Chattanooga. I love that. <laughs> Chattanooga. And then they go up um, Lookout Mountain twice. And once you got to the second time up Lookout Mountain, it suddenly became, bang, all about the top pros do you know what I mean you have riders who you haven't seen them all the way throughout the race and then suddenly you've got Evie Stevens and Megan Guarnier and Taylor Wells and Amber Neben um 
just killing it you yeah, know just just yeah. on the front I can't remember it's, you know break of six I believe and they were just riding together and beautiful beautiful racing so on the final our final climb up um you know you're sitting there going okay well you've got Guarnier and Nevin and Stevens and Wiles there those are you know Amber Nevin's a former ITT world champion you know and a great great rider who's had some awful injury yeah Evie Stevens and and Megan are amazing and and, and Taylor Wiles is a young up-and-coming rider I think this is gonna be really good fun and then on the descent you suddenly had out of nowhere screaming down it Katie Hall from UHC bringing back Corin Rivera, who's one of the best crit riders, um, absolutely, you know, one of the top, top, top American crit riders, yeah. very, very strong. Like, oh my God, everything has changed. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, you know, when you're in that, oh, okay, I thought I knew how this was going to play. Mm. And then they get onto the small circuits, which have this, this, this little short, sharp climb, Kent Street. Every time they hit it, you see, you know, Evie and Megan at the front because, you know, they're, they're, they're the climbers of the group. And you're like, and every time they just, the people are attacking. And Amber, Amber Nevin doing this fantastic move where she just drops back a little bit, you know, just drops back from the group a little bit and then just rah <laughs> down the side of the road. Just, just, you know, and they're scrambling to catch her. So you're kind of like looking at this, and go, oh my God. And it's made even better by the commentary because. The commentators say, oh, it's coming. It's a final, final lap. It's a final lap, final lap. And Evie Stevens is, at this point has attacked solo. Um, you know, so she's out there. And then you've got Megan and her teammate behind her. And, and she's just got this little bit of a gap and all this foreshortening. And she's coming through the finish line. And then it's not the end of the race. <laughs> Oops. And, and the commentators have got it wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> The riders, you know, we can't. That, that counts so hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think what happened is they came off the is is that the final the final thing of the Kent, of um the, the big lap also included the Kent Street climb at the end of the um you know like the half of the finishing circuit was in the big lap. Yeah. Ah, oh, so anyway, so so suddenly what had looked like a really good move with with Evie going in you know in the last lap on the climb and riding solo oh, that's a really great move Evie that's wonderful and you're like hang on what the fuck's she doing she's got another small lap to go <laughs> <laughs> so but you know but you know you've got two um and Katie Hall absolutely woman of the race really did amazing work for um for, for Corin Rivera um you know couldn't keep up with them because oh my god once you've got those riders attacking yeah yeah, yeah. So Evie gets caught in the final lap, and you're like, right, if this comes to a bunch of sprint, it's definitely Corrin's. You know, it's definitely Corrin's. She's the sprinter yeah, in the yeah, bunch. Absolutely. And so they kind of, they, Evie gets dropped, and you're going, my God, yeah, it's definitely Corrin's. It's definitely Corrin's. And then Megan Guarnier out sprints her for the win. <laughs> that sounds insane. Just to... Yeah. Yeah. It, it just... And it's like Megan Guarnier is not a sprinter, but what Megan Guarnier is was very, 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 very good attacking on the on the climbs and making it fucking hard and mm-hmm. you know and so while Corinne is the best sprinter in that group she's not after she's had to kind of really been right right on the limit just from yeah, yeah. just yeah, from keeping up you know oh look Amber Nevin's trying to attack again oh look Taylor Wiles is trying to attack marvellous <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it how you get into that that sort of situation and it's it's um, you know, it's a combination of tactics and just brutality, basically. Yeah. <laughs> wins out on the day. So, yeah. Wow. And, and, and wonderful to see Megan Guarnier back in the USA National Champs mm. because she has had a roller coaster 2015. She started off winning Stradi Bianchi, which, you know, everyone, the first ever edition, how wonderful is that? I know. You that's know? like, honestly, like, it's, I mean, it was a great race and a great win in its own right, but like to win the first edition of what you know is going to be an iconic race yeah, is just amazing. Yeah. Like, wow. But that, but then in the Drenta races, she crashed and she had a, um, a concussion and a brain, and a brain injury. And oh wow. my God, Paul yeah. Megan, that's like, that's shit. And that mm. put her out of the, and that was really early on in the, on the, in the classic season. So yeah, yeah. she had to kind of miss these other World Cups. So, you know, although she rode, um, she, that was in Ronda, in Ronda van Drenta, I think. And so although she rode Binder and Ronda van Vlaanderen, and she's 11th in Flanders, she, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't, uh, her best in these races that should have been good for her but then she kind of recovered and came third in flesh well on wow it's 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 a total roller coaster isn't it 
<laughs> yeah, madness. So yeah, so and and you know we're in the North American season. Um, some of the some of the peloton went from there to Gatineau to to Quebec for the GP Gatineau. We had the GP Gatineau. You're last night. Uh, you know, you're this morning. Yes. My last night. Yes. And and then today they've got a um, a, uh, uh, a an ITT. So yeah, it's um, mm, mm. it's um. It's it's yeah. an exciting little block of racing, and it's yeah. really interesting, you know. Like as you say, particularly for Megan, as um, as she's been through these sort of ups and downs of the the first, well, I guess halfish of the season so far. Um, you know, I'm really curious to see what happens through the the next block. You know, not just of the rest of the American races, but you know what what happens next. Like you know, as we as we head into you know your theory of of mini seasons within the the long season, what happens <laughs> in tour time, and um and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. I'm generally quite um excited by U.S. racing because I really feel like in the last two years, especially like it's just hitting its stride if you know what i mean like the the domestic scene is really picking up in terms of the the quality and strength of the racing um and and there are more and more like you were saying before you know the the depth of talent coming out of the u.s now is is quite impressive and so it's building up into this this great secondary um location for really good quality racing yeah, and, and because you've got a block of racing, so teams can go out there for mm. the racing. So, so we had, um, you know, we and, and this is the second block because, you know, the first block included things like Redlands and Tour de Gila, Tour de Gila and, um, and uh, Amgen Tour of California. City. Yeah, Silver yeah. City. And, yeah, so this is like a second block. So And then we went on, so then we went on to Winston-Salem and Winston-Salem had a, uh, a, a crit and a... And, a UC, and this year, the, the road race is UCI, you know, yeah. UCI results, so, uh, UCI level. So you kind of, and, and this again is streamed live, you know? Yeah it's, yeah. it's 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 fantastic. That was a super fun crit to watch, Dan. I mean, the crit racing in America is, is there, there's different crit scenes. We've got a fantastic crit scene in Britain. You've got an amazing crit scene in Australia. You know, think about the, the Bay well, Classics. The Bay, Bay crits in particular are just Oh, my God. Phenomenal. Yeah, but you yeah. know when I I don't even know how realistic it is. But when I think about US crit racing, I always in the back of my mind think of um, you know the I, I forgive me because this may may potentially insult you, but are you familiar with the American thing of tailgate parties, which is like oh, when yeah. they go to big sporting events and they they're basically cooking barbecues out of the back of their trucks. That's yeah. always basically what I assume crit racing is like. Everyone drives in their massive pickup that has a full-on barbecue in it, rolls that out, starts roasting entire animals on the spit, and basically just you know um, opens up giant um, you know things full of beer and and has a great time while this crit goes round and round and round. And so immediately, I love American crit racing as long as it lives up to the fantasy in my mind. <laughs> I think what I love about it is the, the the commentary is like so overblown. Like you know, it's very different to to to, to our commentary. and the cash cream, cash cream. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't believe this is happening. You know, it's it's like they kind of their 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 callers, their race announcers, and their commentators are definitely there to kind of um, make everything exciting. All, all I want, all I want, is an enterprising race promoter in the US to make the um tailgate night crit series no no that's, you see, that's like every friday yeah, night but, in a different city there's a crit and it's you know but it's all tailgate party stuff and, and yeah, things It'd be it's awesome. not there is a negative side to the culture and that is like you see things like in in cross vegas where you end up with like people you know dudes who are from a uh, one of the sponsors one of the bike companies you know Bike, bike companies, you know, they they work for it. They're on a, they're on the freebie, chucking beer at riders, and and you know, right. Americans have heckling culture, which I kind of feel like is just unnecessary. I mean, I guess ho ho ho, it's very fun. I think it's different because when you go to a cross race or something, the people who are watching are mostly people who've been watching, who've been riding the earlier races. Do you know what right. I mean? But I don't, I don't know. I, it just seems 
I know that from Americans, they'd probably say, oh, it's all good fun, but it just seems a bit mean-spirited. And also, you know, the things like the beer hand-ups and the dollar hand-ups and stuff like that, I don't think I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Helen Wyman on this. I think that that's not, there's not a place for that in the top races. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's less of a place for let's stand by the road and, and, and shout, oh, are you gay or something? And, you know, and, and throw beer at riders. Do you know what I mean? Which is the downside of that positive you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I, I understand. And I guess that's, you know, I mean, I guess that's part of a, a um, broader growth story, isn't it? As, a, as the sport matures into a, a more mature, particularly, as you say, at that top level um, sport. Yeah, for sure. Um, yes. You know, I, you and, and bear in mind, when I say when I say tailgate party style thing, I'm, I'm still thinking good, wholesome American, you know, family fun. Everyone's got a six shooter on their hip. You know, totally, totally fine, clean, good, clean. Lost a different idea of family. <laughs> yeah. Just, just packing in the stereotypes while I can. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Winston Salem, um, fantastic for it. Really good fun. It ended up with a three-woman breakaway with um, Alexis Ryan from United Healthcare, Lauren Roney from Velocio SRAM, and Joe Hogan from Tibco. And I was very laughing because the commentary is all about how America's like racing, and there's two Aussies in the front group. <laughs> <laughs> and it was won by Alexis Ryan, um, and the breakaway made it. So hurrah for that. That was that was a lot of Always a lot. Love it when a break fun. makes it, but especially in a crit. I don't know why. But for some reason, I basically never, ever expect breaks to survive in crits. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then um, on the Sunday, we had the um, Winston-Salem road race, which um, I couldn't watch live, but it's still available. <laughs> and it was one solo by Alina Amulusik of Velocio Sram with Amber Nebben second, um, seven seconds back. And then Lauren Rock Kamansky um, of 2016-13 sex, Corin Rivera, uh, 16 and a small group led by Joe Newmanville coming in um, 34 seconds behind and I really I'm Lauren I sorry Lauren I'm, if she's listening I'm sure she's not but when she she's Lauren Rock Kamansky and I was Rock um, <laughs> Um, and I, I met her in Energy Water where she's coming over for like, you know, a block of European racing and attacking and attacking and attacking. So it's marvellous to see her, you know, to see that kind of follow through to those results, you know. Um, yeah, brilliant. And, you know, super happy to see Amber Nevin back. Super happy to see Alina Amulusic continuing her fantastic run on Velocio Sram. You know, there's nothing to be unhappy about with that um, with that podium, um, yeah. Alina did win. Uh, she won. Uh, she's part of the winning team on the Energy Water TTT stage, and she won Gracia all over. Although I'm sorry, Velocio Sram, I don't count that you guys winning that race when everyone else is a small team. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Sarah's yeah. Sarah's rules. You know what I mean, um, uh, but yeah. So it was it was lovely to see that, and then like we said, they've um, just gone over to uh, the, the American block. North American block's gone up to Quebec, where GP Gatineau was raced, mm. which had a kind of um, people said it was a kind of messy, messy and chaotic sprint. Won by Kirsten Field with Numenville second, and uh, Christine Majerus riding for a Luxembourg National squad in third. Um, yeah, and Tiff Cromwell continuing her sprinting uh, yeah. in fourth. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, which is interesting. And, um, yeah, I, I'm going to be, like, I cannot tell you. Among other things, like just in fortuitous timing, um, it's a long weekend here in New South Wales this weekend, which means I get to watch Philly Classic live. Oh. No guilt. You know what? And it's you know what? the best. There's something interesting about this, too. I was looking down the results, and there's the result. Um, the, only her fourth race this year, Hannah Solovey, riding for Astana. Um, Solovey, somewhat ah. controversial um, rider. Who now, I, last don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't understand why you would you would say so controversial. I mean, Astana clearly have a, a, a spotless record themselves. <laughs> and um, as, a, as a member of the, the Coalition for Clean Cycling, and, and and never doping ever ever, um, you know they're clearly beyond reproach. I mean they are as pure, dare I say it, as pure as Sepp Blatter. So you know, like just just I, even a star is not as bad as that. <laughs> you know that Sepp Blatter on his multi 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 million million euro salary doesn't manage a single member of staff. 
has no direct reports. And so he's when he goes, oh, it was it was everyone else. I I mean, yeah. Oh, yes, oh, you yeah. actually so, you actually believe him because he clearly and, didn't do anything. <laughs> anyone anyone who knows anything about football, soccer, if you're in the states or places like that, um, knows that it's that, that FIFA and Sepp Blatter. I, let's just say that when people come out, when people are starting to resign because they hadn't realised the corruption in FIFA, you just have to laugh out loud. Yeah, like let's let's put it this way: the mafia literally modelled themselves on FIFA. <laughs> it's yeah. Oh, no, they they have less shooting people, but a lot more. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. or um, do they? I mean, like, let's, let's just they, put. Really? I mean, I, I mean, what could possibly be wrong with putting? Anyway, anyway, I'm not going to start talking about yeah, football. Yeah, no, fair enough. But, but, um, but yeah, still, so Asana, my, point, so, my point stands, Sarah. A starter are beyond reproach. I don't understand why you're so obsessed. Well, Hannah Solovey is somewhat controversial. She was busted for taking steroids when she was 19 years old after an amazing junior career, very good junior career. Um, she came back um, when she was 21. Um, last year, she didn't race at all until three weeks um, on the road until three weeks before, two, maybe two weeks before the World Championships, where she came second in the ITT. And yeah, and so Astana were all like, yeah, she's just made mistakes in the past. <laughs> she yeah, right for exactly. But she Nothing, nothing to but, see here. Move along. Yes. But one of the things that was suspicious last year was, of course, when you don't race, and this doesn't just go up for her, but when you don't race for a, a long time and then you suddenly come out of nowhere and are really, really, really fantastic, people do naturally start asking questions because obviously you haven't been, been drugs tested and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, and... Well, uh, and, and as has been noted by, before by, you know, people who really probably do know... Um, for example, Mariana Voss, um, who who say that the amount of testing in women's cycling is is well below what it should be, um, you know, and she is well, maybe not this year, but you know, in years past, has arguably been the most tested athlete in women's cycling. Um, you know, it, it does point out that there is a um, a potential gap in information there. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Solovey, this is her fourth race of the year. She's 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 actually racing. That's surprising. So now we've talked about Philly, and the reason we're very very excited is this North American mini season finishes on the Sunday at the Philadelphia Classic. Um, there are lots of other races in America, but they don't count. Quite ah, well, <laughs> nothing the, counts the, as much as Philly. Part of the reason Philly counts is because it is an iconic race in its own right, but it's also a World Cup this year, and. It is just also basically um, in the technical parlance of modern course analysts a fucking great race. So Philly, yeah. it, it was. It used to be a World Cup. I think it was a World Cup um, last in two thousand and one, something like that. Yeah, it's gone back a while. Liberty, it? yeah, Liberty yeah. Classic. But yeah, Philly is. It's a circuit race, like most of the like. Oh, I think all of the World Cups. No, that's not true. Maybe not flesh. Um, it's a circuit. It's a circuit race, and it's got the Manayunk Wall. We've talked about this before. This is basically, uh, you know, like every like. Well, if you live in a hilly city like I do, it's like someone kind of just wandering around the city and go, you know what? That's going to be an iconic cycling climb. Yeah, you know, what would make exactly. this hill? It's steep yeah. and brutal and cobbly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is. What happens is uh, when planning courses um cycling cycling course reconnaissance people will follow cyclists around the city paying special attention to the climbs that cyclists go four blocks out of their way to avoid <laughs> yeah you can, you can just imagine them kind of going right this hill let's just walk up and down every road and just, <laughs> like let, let's find the let's find the most brutal vicious climby mm. way up yes this is it welcome to the manor young wall and it's become because the philly classic has got a long history and it's just become legendary and it used to be in the middle of the lap now the lap finishes on it so um hurrah uphill sprints um uphill sprints up the wall always fantastic crowds the women's world cup is the main of even though there's a men's race on at the same time the women's world cup is the main event it's got something like a thirty thousand dollar prize pool wow that's very cool it's got equal prize money for men and women it's got live streaming it's got fantastic social media it's just you know this is like yeah yes 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 it's what we want it's a premier race event i mean it, it honestly is and it's got history it's got you know and it's got like all sorts of like the best um best anecdotes like the the year ina 
um, abuse the men as they. <laughs> yeah, they used to. They used to run the women and the men at the same time. So women started behind the men, and of course, well, that's all right. And then, and the women's peloton overtook the men's peloton, and as they passed, you know, called the men all a bunch of pussies. Look at you being overtaken by girls, you know. You know. <laughs> and then I probably went on to win the race. It was never won by an American rider when it was a sprint finish, which yeah. was kind of like, and, and it's only when Evie Stevens, um, when it came, when it's when it came on this finishing. Yeah, yeah, when when they changed the course to finish on the climb. And look, honestly, it's one of those races that basically, if you live in Pennsylvania, New York State, uh, Connecticut, uh, New Hampshire, Baltimore, or Maryland in general, actually. um, Yeah, New York. Well, New York City is part of New York State. You know, New Jersey. Yes, it is. Yes, okay. it is. Oh, oh really? Well, I... Going to test me on American geography? Like that's your that's your go-to strength? Okay. Um, <laughs> New, New Jersey, <laughs> Delaware, North uh, West Virginia, um, and and you know, and anywhere you can fly into, particularly around the Arlington area. Then basically, your responsibility is to by Sunday be in Philadelphia because <laughs> it's going to be an awesome race. And yeah. No excuses. Just fucking go and enjoy it. And, and everyone else, sit and fire up the computer and watch it. I'm so yeah. happy for Jens. Our friend Jens has managed to miss every right life race this year because he's been working really hard. But because of the fantastic time zone thing, it gets to be in an evening. So, yeah, yeah hurrah. Exactly. He gets a perfect Sunday under, evening. And, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, some people have to get up at God knows what time on a Monday morning. But, you know, it's all for greater good. Yeah, well, exactly. And as I say, you know, the cycling gods have blessed me. It's a long weekend and I have Monday off. So, you know, I will be stocking up on beer and I will probably, you know, in tribute to to our friends from Philadelphia, you know, make a homemade cheesesteak and everything to, to enjoy while I watch this race. It's going to be epic. I'm not sure enjoy is the right word for cheesesteak. Um, oh, anyway. Well, you know, I'm I'm certain I can make a better one than the one I got when I was in Philly. So... <laughs> I'm crossing the ocean. We're back to Europe. What else have we had? We've had um, two days racing, a weekend of racing in France for the uh, Coupe de France, two rounds of the Coupe de France, the yep. French Cup. Um, and the first one was Le Classique Moraban, and both of these UCI ranked race. And that was won by Chloe Hosking ahead of Pascal Julian and Basque rider Ida, Ida Marino Cortazar. Cortazar, Cortazar. I'm not, never sure about Basque pronunciations. And then. This is fantastic um, news also. The Grand, the Grand Prix de, Plum, de Plumelec, which was a second um, uh, Moraban race, was won by Sheila Gutierrez-Ruiz from Lowentech, um, Spanish racer, with Sandrine Bidot in second and Mayuko Hagawara, Japanese rider for Wiggle, in third. And Shayla is someone that my friends Marcus, um, Marcus um, is... And Saul will just be jumping. Oh, and Yolanda will be jumping up and down and screaming. And Marcus was like, yes, look, look, I told you, I told you, I told you. <laughs> she's like, Shayla, she's, you know, and Saul was just like, yeah, she is such the best rider. She's a future champion. She's fantastic. You should watch her. God damn it. She's 21. Um, and she's, uh, you know, she's a, she's a Spanish rider racing, racing for low tech. And yeah, uh, her first UCI win, um, you know, congratulations to Shayla. It's, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy for my Spanish friends and there's videos of the finish lines of both of those races, mm. but yeah, that was one Aussie winning, um, winning, winning that kind of long weekend ish. Yeah. And we had a couple more, didn't we? Well, you know, and that's it. That's why I was, I was shouting. And, and for those watching on, um, the hidden cameras in my apartment, I guess, you know, hands in the air, quick. Cause I was excited. Well, about that. we're not getting to go it first. Cause first okay. of all, there's a GP Cham Cham Hagendorn in Switzerland, which is a first time, uh, this race has been UCI level. It's been, Oh, maybe it hasn't, maybe it has been UCI level before, but it's kind of had a step up this year. They had some great social media so we could follow them by Twitter. Thank you very much. And that was one by, Lizzie Williams, um, with her Oracle teammate, with Oracle teammate Valentina Scandalara yeah. in second, and back from her doping ban, ban Rasalella Vita from Viano in third place. And that's but, yeah. exciting for that's exciting for Lizzie because she's also an Amy Gillett Foundation um, sponsorship 
winner. Um, and so it's great to see her get her first, I think it's her first European win. I'm pretty sure it's her first European win. Yeah, it's her first yeah. European win. It's her first um, her first UCI level win. Mm. Um, actually, it's, you know, she's had um, she's had a couple of podiums at the Trophy Door. She's been third yeah. a couple of times in 2014 last year. Yeah. And, um, and but she, she was second in the Oceania Champs, which were held in Toowoomba. Um, and what else has she done? She was, she was, um, she was ninth in the ITT in the mm. prologue for for Elsie Jacobs but yeah this is yeah. a great great race uh good you know great for her she's got she's knocked it off her list but speaking of knocking things off your list we then come to Guick yeah. Gerard Bergen Guick which is as you can guess from the name Gerard Gerard Bergen I can never pronounce it properly <laughs> famous Flandrian beautiful beautiful racing fantastic climbs legendary and that was one in her first ever uci win gracie elvin yeah. in one from a two up one from a group of three she ends up gracie elvin going into a two up sprint with ellen van dyke with mayuko hagiwara in third place as well mm-hmm. um and amy amy peters bringing in bringing in a large bunch like 29 seconds behind her so yeah, yeah, yeah. i I again, Ellen. I'm always going to love Ellen on the podium, but you know that's for Hagiwara. That was two third places, two days, two days in a row, and yeah, you know yeah, it, exactly. it's it's hard. It's hard for right. She's the only Japanese rider in the podium. You know, it's a she's in a different language zone. She's in a complete different racing culture. She's been learning and learning and learning. But I am well, super and, and happy for Mayuko. I'm really excited by Mayuko too because I think um, Wiggle has really... You know, remember last year in the Giro Rossa, there was, I think it was stage three, the first climbing stage, um, yeah. where she just had that really good day and there was that awesome video from Wiggle of, of um, their team manager basically just telling her to go for it and she stuck with, uh, I think it was Emma Pooley and Mara Abbott and just basically wrote her guts out and it was a really, really good ride. And that was, for me, one of those ones where, um, you, you know, you start to see the depth of the rider and see them, um, you know, see see the path of them being able to develop into more than just a, a domestique or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong yeah. with it, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. you, you start to see the, the potential um, and yeah, and, and that's actually probably part of why I'm quite excited about Kuwik is, um, you know, Gracie's been on the scene for several years now and, and I really like her. She's a great person and a, a good writer. Um, it's a little surprising in some ways that this is her first European victory. Um, but you know, she, she so often plays and plays quite well that strong support role. Um, so I'm kind of pretty excited for her about this win. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good, good, it's good stuff. I mean, Gracie, um, there's something. I don't think this is very Australian. I think that she might be um, trans. Someone might have translated this for her for for a more um, a less Australian market. But her her um, tweet was happy as a pig in mug in mud. Stoked ah. to get my first Euro win in Gwick in classic Belgian conditions. <laughs> pig in mud. Yeah, no, that kind of sounds like that kind of sounds like someone realised my my mum and her church lady friends were were standing behind them or something. <laughs> that's that's definitely not what I would call uh, an Aussie vernacular colloquialism. Definitely not. Yeah. No, but she has some great quotes. I mean, she crashed in the race, and she was like, "It's my first European win, so it's kind of a big deal for me. I was hoping to get one this year. It was just a long time coming. So yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah. So yeah, and and then this is yeah, this is a fantastic win for a really lovely rider you know yeah, it's exactly strong... it's, it's one of those ones where you know it's, it's like you always like to see the good people succeed and you know and you know i'm not saying other people are bad but just you know you 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 know people and their reputation as hard workers and and good people and and stuff and so it's just nice to see them have that that victory yeah, yeah, and and there's something very interesting as well because the race that we haven't talked about that happened, which is a lovely, lovely race, wonderful, the Bowles Rental Hills Classic, um, which is um, I don't know, usually it's five times over the Cowberg yeah. and it's 
it's it's just just marvelous and it's one of the you know one of the best classics you you know i love it and that had been won by lizzie armitstead um out of a out of a group of well they they had like a large group of 14 but it, they had come down to this small group of five in the end and lizzie armitstead won with emma johansson second and kasia neodoma of rabo in the third um sabrina stolten's fourth and elisa longo borghini fifth and but what this shows is you know, we had this thing where I think it was last year or the year before Emma Johansson could not get off the podium. You know, her first seven races, she was on yeah, the podium, yeah. but she was really struggling for a win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this year, Orica have been, well, a bit disappointing, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's been a difficult start to the year for them, really, because, you know, and, and again, it's not it's not been so simple as being able to point at them and go, well, they're doing this wrong. You know, they, they've they've been involved in lots of strong moves and had riders in the right places and stuff. But, you know, racing is complicated and, and you know, sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Yeah, uh, and they've got like, I mean, they've got like riders like Mel Hoskins, who's um, who's pr- primarily a trackie, but I think they also yeah. had a lot of injury problems. You well, know? I was going to say, um, then, then you add in the factor of things like Emma breaking her collarbone and even though that, oh, even though that only you know, stopped her for like three days before she was back on the <laughs> I know. Fucking Crazy. insane. Yeah. Well, you'd expect, I mean, this is the thing is, is the problem, the, the risk of a team like Green Edge is that you can kind of end up with like, well, Emma's amazing and Emma will always get podiums, but then, oh God, we've lost Emma. You know, like that's, that's a real big problem. Um, yeah. Uh, and and to lose her for the classic season, so the classic season was disappointing um, for them. I think Emma's, best placement before this was fourth in the Saminda Dam just before she broke her collarbone. Poor, poor Emma. Yeah. I really feel for her. Um, and they'd had um, Kat Garfoot had won a stage at the Tour of New Zealand and the Oceania Championships, but that's not the same as UCI level winning. So to kind of come back and and kind of, you know, uh, Valley Scandalara had been second in the Drense yeah. yep. Kat Garfoot had been uh, second in a stage at the Festival Festival LCJ Jacobs. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but to kind of be able to actually have this amazing week with Lizzie winning in Switzerland, Gracie winning in Guick, Johansson being second at Bowles and Scandalara being second in Switzerland. You know, there's that's yeah. just, that's just, I think they're back. Yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, I mean, as you know, um, winning's infectious, you know, like it, it gets the whole team energized and charged up. And it's also great when I think it happens outside that, you know, we talk about this a lot, um, usually in relation to Rabo, you know, because when Voss is not injured and is winning everything, um, you know, it, it, it is clearly important to Rabo that they give their other riders as much opportunity and that they win with more than just one one rider. And so, you know, I can only imagine that Oricon must be feeling pretty fucking great about now. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the other thing is, is we said they had a disappointing year, but what we meant was a disappointing spring because yeah. <laughs> a cycling season is a long time. There are some really great races coming up. You know, this yeah. is like, like you say, they've got that winning taste. Um, mm. Emma's back. Um, other riders kind of have, have had a, have had that taste of the top, have t- taste of the top step. They know they can yeah. do it. And they're about to, you know, what, what better time really to do it than this kind of preparation time for the future? Because, you know, coming up, what, um, at the same time, then for the Euro for the Euro side of the peloton, well, we've got a Macamin Saria state uh, single race and a Macamin Bira stage race coming mm. up in Spain. You know, we've then got um, then we've got the women's tour, which is going to be amazing. Yeah, twenty first of June, the Aviva women's tour in Britain. Then we have. <laughs> I don't think the Golan races. I don't why UCI. Why are the races <laughs> of Golan still on the calendar? But well, apparently we've got three days of Golan. Clearly, someone's still paying the race fees. Is what that Jesus is. Jesus Christ! It's just at this point. I don't. I mean, Golan has raced before, but oh my god! Yeah. And then we have the Giro Rossa. You know, we've got national championships for a lot of the riders around yeah. on the on the around the twenty fifth ish. And then we have the Giro Rossa. So if you're a team that wants to kind of rediscover your joy. And rediscover your love and rediscover your winning style. Yeah, you know, yeah, now is the exactly. time to do it. And, yeah. and have riders with the the knowledge and confidence that they a can win, but then b can also bury themselves to support each other for the win. 
Um, yeah. You know, like this is it, honestly, I know, I know it can sound like an easy cliche when you say things like winning's infectious, but it's why it's so important because it's it's about the bonding and the belief of teammates in each other and working for each other and stuff. And Sarah's dead right. Like, there's still huge swathes of of racing left in the season, and it's going to be really. You know, like, I, I think this is going to be really exciting for Orica. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also had, we've, all, we've also had the battle on the border over um, in Australia. I don't know where it's the border of. I'm sorry, I should know. But, um, yeah, we had it's the battle on the border. Oh, Tweed Coast. Yeah, it's the New South Wales and Queensland border. Oh, 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 isn't that like kind of, I always imagine that border to be kind of Mad Maxian. Um... No, to keep the Queenslanders the Mad, out. The Mad Max border is is more properly New South Wales and South Australia because you know deserty and and that's where it was shot. So, yeah, huh. yeah. Huh. But you know you should you should think Mad Max when you think uh, women's cycling and when you think Australia. Those are those are two harmonious things. Um, so not yeah. kind of like um, giant spiders and shit like that. Um. Well, yeah, we've got giant spiders and stuff, but like Mad Max, like just tough as nails, insane, like just fucking crazy, crazy, you know, awesome. You see, I, I, you see, I heard, I heard it was a, uh, I heard it was an American classic, Mad Max. Yeah, well, that's how good it is. That's how Australian it is. Is that Americans try to culturally appropriate it, <laughs> yeah. as as do often, often, um, you know, British people do as well. So yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Battle of the Border, fantastic race. Um, as always, you know my 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 pain to how much I love Cycling Australia videos. Um, congratulations to the High Five Dream Team. They really, um, the Rochelle Gilmore's squad, they really, really did well. Um, there's yeah. wins from Dr. Kimberly Wells and Tessa Fabry and Tessa who won um, who won at least two stages, I think, and um, but definitely won the GC. So yeah, you yeah. Know. it is interesting. I think to see. I mean, obviously, the, the real um, significance of the the High Five Dream team overall is that Rochelle has um, put it in place to help replace the development squad that um, previously existed. And mm. so, it, to be perfectly honest, it's not really that surprising to see them doing well in NRS racing. But mm. what it does do is, I think, help provide. Um, you know, a template and and shore up that pathway to Europe for for um, our up and coming riders. And I am again similar to similar to the US. I think I think the Australian NRS series is probably I don't know maybe three or four years behind roughly where the US um, scene is. But the advantage I think that um, the NRS has is that it's a it's already an established cohesive series, and so. It's got that sort of um, combined benefit of, of a, a slightly larger structure behind it um, to support it overall as a series. And I think that's, again, just going to become better and better racing. And, yeah, I look forward to it. Excellent. Um, over in uh, Britain, we've had that we're, we're still in the middle of the Tour Series, which is a really actually – hellish for the men because they have 10 10 races but we have five for the women the matrix gp um series there and we had croydon last tuesday which was won by charlene joiner ahead of nikki juniper and Luz mahay and if you're around in britain people um they're evening races they're all on itv4 there's the last two for the women a peterborough on this tuesday and bath on this thursday the 11th of May, of june and that's where i'm going to be so come on down it's going to be beautiful beautiful spectacular scenery um beautiful bath um let's 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 go and have a coffee let's go and have a beer afterwards let's hang out because uh, we can we can cheer for some fantastic racing and then we can go and enjoy the georgian beauty of of general gorgeousness so yes cool yes yes, yes. um oh my god what else mountain biking we had the albstad cross-country world cup which was won by yolanda neff again because she won the first one yeah. um as well um her in, in nove mesto in mesto in czech republic with gunry to dal fletcher fletcher i'm sorry scandinavians fletcher fletcher mm, sorry um who was second both times and Catherine pendrell in the third and Oh my God, Dan! This weekend we've also got downhill World Cup in Fort William, which we all know is uh, well. Actually, maybe it's not, but I always sort of think of it as your favourite downhill. You know what it is, and it's one of the oldest um, races on the circuit. It's in beautiful Scotland, 
as always, there is amazing media, live streaming, tons of websites going crazy about it. Um, one of the things they do is before every downhill World Cup, they send um, former downhill champ um, Claudio Calori, um, who's the boss of Gustard Scott, or maybe it's just Scott Racing this year, down with helmet cam to narrate how he's feeling about the course. <laughs> oh, my God! I have nearly died! <laughs> and this time it has Manon Carpenter in it. Manon Carpenter is the current world champ. Um, and Manon is uh, uh, it's the first time she'd seen the new section, so at one point she gets lost on the course. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and that's why there's a trial day, you know, to, to yeah. figure that stuff out. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a great video and it's going to be streamed live. So, yeah, this is Sunday, man. I think I'm going to watch the Downhill World Cup and then I'm going to recover from my adrenaline spike and then I'm going to watch Philadelphia. Oh, well, yeah. See, that's like a perfect back-to-back, isn't it? You know, watch the downhill yeah, yeah. and then and then switch over to Philly and, like, you've had the perfect cycling day like yeah. that's brilliant well and there's also a third world cup because it's the first of the paracycling road world cups um oh, right now um, wow. I mean, like literally right now yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's yeah it's fantastic and there's um you can't get that much information you can't see that much out of it of course it's not streamed live because we can't be all lucky all the time but um yeah you can follow us on twitter where the uh, hashtag is paracycling 2015 awesome Awesome. And uh, British Cycling is putting out a lot of tweets. Thank you very much, British Cycling, for um, about the British British riders in particular. But I'll pull out some stuff what I find about it. We're unlikely to see video, but you know, good luck to all the riders yeah. there um, racing there. And Absolutely. yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, you know, it's and yeah, support them. Yay! Yeah. Um, I oh, I do want to mention something else about a paracyclist. Do you remember I interviewed? Aussie paracyclist Alex Green last year. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. She's currently got a Indiegogo fundraiser out because she's trying to raise money for a leg brace. Oh, um, right, okay. Because she's um, because she's like her current brace, her current leg brace, she thinks it could be better. Right. She doesn't think it's giving her as much power as it could be. Yeah. So, um, Actually, yeah, yeah, that must be a really, like, the, like from an engineering point of view, the technical sort of detail that you'd have to consider with stuff like that must be pretty interesting. You know that she's a, um, a, a an engineer herself. She's yeah. An engineering. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so she's Yeah, got, no, but that's uh, the thing. Like, when, when someone, when, when, when an engineer is going, I'm pretty sure I can get more power out of this, it's like, hmm, I, I believe you. This is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, if you want to help Alex, her webs, um, if you go to alexgreencycling.com, then that links through to get give her some, you know, just chuck her a couple of bucks, man, because, you know, it's, yeah. she's a really she's a really good rider and she's you know she's she's trying to raise the money and she's 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 just you know it it's it's one of those things that you don't have to think about when you're able-bodied i guess the nearest you think about it and it's just yeah please help her come on do it (laughs) do it you bastards it'll be fun you'll feel good (laughs) fucking you're not here to fuck spiders just do it I still don't believe that that's a real saying. But, it is a know. real saying. It is a real saying. Yeah. Although my favorite, my all-time favorite response to it is the, the the guy who heard it and was like, that implies that sometimes you are here to fuck spiders, which leads me to wonder, what kind of spiders are they? How big are these spiders? Yeah. <laughs> Um, other, things you might, <laughs> other things you might be interested in at the moment, it's Women's Sports Week over in, in Britain, and there's tons and tons of stuff on um, BBC Sport from different women about, uh, you know, um, just things like, you know, for, talking about all sorts of things from, you know, problems with puberty and what it's like having, you know, how how having your period is massively taboo. And, oh, that was in, in, in January. And, and, you know, and, and what it's like, you know, all sorts of women talk about all sorts of different things, yeah. of, uh, different aspects of women's sports. And one of them is Nicole Cook talking about, you know, corruption in sports in general and, and, and the kind of challenge for women's sports to develop without kind of following the fantastic examples of, of Lance Armstrong and Sepp Blatter and yeah. FIFA and, you know, and, and all of these things. So there's some really, really interesting stuff if, and some great videos as well. They've done a, um, they did a, 
a report about um, women in they they surveyed a ton of British British top British sportswomen and to ask about their experiences with sexism. Surprise, there's a lot of it. Um, but yeah, and you know, and 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 the challenge this is for governing bodies who a significant proportion of sportswomen feel like they're not supported as well as their male counterparts. So tons and tons of stuff on that. Um, if you want to kind of find out where to, um, where to find that, I recommend that you follow Shelley Alexander, who's the, who's the women's um, sport, who's the editor for BBC sports with a women's perspective and women's equality perspective. She's at Shelley, S H E L L E Y BBC on Twitter. And that's a good way to find everything. And as part of that, I was on the radio last night. I was just going to say, like, in, as, as we discussed BBC Sports, um, you were you were busy um, helping out on uh, on the BBC Radio, weren't you? I was indeed. They have a podcast called uh, Well, it's a, a a radio show that's put up as a podcast, and, a, and they've also got a TV show as well called Bespoke um, with OJ Borge. And I was on there last night with um, the head professional cyclist Danny King, Lucy Martin, talking about her experiences of not getting paid um, by with uh, Farron, uh, studied in Mexico, Farron, mm. um, and how that and, and how that impacted on her. Um, Danny King, I've said that. Rachel Atherton, I've said that. But they also had Becca Charlton, who's a journalist. They had Natalie Justice from the Breeze program, and they had me. So, um, yeah, if you want to listen to that, it's on their website for the next, like, 29 days. Um, yeah, go cool. ahead and listen. Put links to all of this in our blog, prowomencycling.com. Mm. <sighs> wow. Well, you know, I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground in the last hour and change. I mean, is there anything else that I'm missing out on? Uh, well, you know, Mariana Voss is still injured. Yeah, I saw that. That sucks. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, can you help me though? Because I'm I'm not actually clear on what her current injury is. Um, I think it's a hamstring. She said she's been interviewed in a couple of places about this injury over the, over this year. And I think it's like one of the things that she's finding difficult about it is it's not a bone break. It's not something that you know where that you're going to be. Um, that you know you that that you, that you you know it's going to be. Uh, okay in a couple of weeks or a you know what I mean it's it's a very yeah. it's a hard one because the poor poor thing is um really really suffering and yeah it's very depressing um let me see if I can find out exactly what it is um sure um yeah I, I wasn't you know like I obviously she's had ongoing issues with the the hamstring and and um that's caused some minor back problems as well I think at one point um so I wasn't sure she's if it was that or if it was something else. She's just not having a good time. She's yeah. just not having Well, one of the interesting things to me is, and I'm, I'm, I'm just positing this as broad theory, not basing it on any particular thing, but I do, I am mindful of the fact that, you know, she's raced very intensive programs over the last few years, cross-discipline. Yeah. You know, she's done road, cross, and mountain bike in the same season and stuff. You know, a, a certain amount of this is possibly just her, her body catching up to her in a way. And, and I mean, you know, <laughs> I always feel weird saying this, but you know, it, it, she's she's not she's not a sprightly young thing anymore necessarily. <laughs> like, well, I think it's it's just difficult. I mean, she's been very lucky not to have injuries. I mean, but we have to remember that she had a bad time in the run up to the 2012 Olympics. You know, she was you know, she became nearly anorexic and she um, broke her. She lost a lot of power and she broke her collarbone. Um, and you know she went back after the twin, she came back from that to win the Olympic Games and win the World Championships. So she's you know she's it's just it's just difficult for her. She's having a hard she's having a hard time, but hopefully she'll be back. And I'm glad that you know she's focusing on trying to get back well yeah. rather than trying to get back fast. And you know it has to be it could be worse. You know. Mm, absolutely. So yeah. So I think yeah. that's so I think that's it for the week. Um, yeah, if you want to see all the videos of things we watched, we're on prowomencycling.com. Um, but yeah, uh, come, 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 hit, hit us up there. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm underscore pigeons underscore Dan's Dan W official. There's posts on our sites and stuff on my Twitter about how to watch all these races live. So yeah, join us. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sticking with us for so long. And um, perfect timing, really, because I've just finished my beer. So time to time to say goodbye and go get another one. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you're back, Dan. I missed you. Oh, that's so sweet. I didn't miss you at all. Goodbye.